Welcome to Crone Life Joy Reboot Podcast, revolutionising how cisgender, trans women and AFAB non-binary individuals over 40 experience midlife, menopause and ageing. I'm your host, Pia Antico, a Crone Life Joy Reboot Mentor, founder of Essential Awakening Mentoring, a number one international best-selling author and public speaker, who at 50 is a late-in-life queer, neurospicy, three deaths before 30, two abusive marriages and major head injury life rebuilder. Hello, my Crone listeners. Welcome to Crone Joy Chat Season 1, Episode, oh God, 5. We've been going through these very quickly. Today, my fabulous guest is Australia's Vag Queen, Sandy Davies. Sandy never expected to become a menopause and positive ageing advocate in her 50s, but an allergic reaction to a treatment for intimate dryness during perimenopause launched Sandy out of SEBI retirement to become the Queensland-based formulator and founder of award-winning Volvo Vagina, not Volvo the car, Volvo Vagina Moisturiser, Happy Pause Balm. Sandy's mantra is, it is never too late. And we are never too old when not breaking down stigma around menopause and women's health. Sandy is also a best-selling author. Her joy and happy vibe are contagious. Hello, Sandy. When switching off from the digital world, you'll find Sandy helping others or spending time with her husband and their rescue dog, Karma, hunting Nautilus shells on the edge of the Daintree rainforest along the fringing reefs of the Coral Sea. How absolutely fabulous that sounds. Welcome, Sandy. And I am just being, I've been waiting for this interview. I have, because Sandy is a hoot. And Sandy is also, aside from, the Vag Queen of Australia and the world. Sandy is also a publisher. And also, yes, we've both got, yes, I've got my signed copy. See, so fabulously signed. This book, this book has just like launched into the world with stories of trials, triumphs, and everything in between. And has launched into the goodies bag of uh, the Oscar nominees for 2023. I am just astounded by that. Sandy, welcome. Tell us more about this book to start with, because I'm just, I'm astounded. How's the reception of it all been going? Yeah, well, thanks, Pia, because I'm excited. I have been looking forward to this crone joy chat for so long. Um. And I guess one of my big things of joy right now is this amazing book because it was it was a dream project and a project of the heart that sort of started up here yeah. in Daintree with a bullying incident. And yeah, then it just grew and it grew. And every time it grew, it just gave me chills all over and the hairs would stand up on the back of my neck. And, and when it finally came out, 
I realized that it was kind of a heart song that had been lingering in my soul since I was six years old. And the way it all came together so magically and and even having Tara Trent, who's Oprah's favorite guest of all time, write the foreword, I was just pinch me. And then now that like Jamie Lee Curtis, Stephanie Yo, Rihanna, Diane Warren, there's so many incredible people now that have our book and their teams have our book in their hands. And I just, I can't believe the ripple effect of how it's grown. It's just fabulous. It's so exciting. And I wanted to ask, that is actually how I wanted to, to, to also launch into our chat, your story in your book, as you uh, just touched on, your story in your book talks about from childhood and then heading into midlife going, what the hell? Um, bullying. Yeah. So please, I know there's so many listeners that have either had bullying in childhood or they're experiencing it now. Do you want to expand on that and how you've gotten over it? Yeah. And it, and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, I experienced a workplace where there was a woman manager bully who took so much delight in trying to peck away at and destroy the self-confidence of younger workmates with so much talent and potential and workmates would flee the dane tree with their mental health in tatters and i just realized one day one of my workmates had just had it up to here and i shared my story with her of bullying in middle school and she just looked at me and said bullshit you no way and i thought hang on like we're in our 50s and if we're radiant and happy and joyous I don't ever want that to belie the things that we have overcome to yeah. get to this point. And yeah. I'd never really shared much about my bullying experience when I was younger because I just got busy getting on with life. And all of a sudden I realized, hang on, we've got to share those hardships that we've endured just so other people know that they have that same resilient strength as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we don't talk about the difficulties we've had and, and actually coming into this online business coaching out there influencing space. Yeah, it's all about Instagram perfect kind of life. And it's quite daunting to, to think that, hey, um, everyone else looks like they're doing it really fabulously. Why am I also not? Um, Faith Agugu, who is one of your authors in your book and is... <laughs> Uh, her her uh, podcast episode with me, her chat is launching this week, and we said this. I said the same thing. In fact, live on air, you'll see me going. Oh, but you had problems thinking that you weren't good enough, and I'm like, going, not you. So <laughs> to me, she's just like the most amazingly organized and brilliant and just out there kind of person. And so to hear her just in all vulnerability and honesty, is sort of. It, 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 share with us, me and the audience, uh, yeah, that life isn't always so rosy in business and elsewhere. It's um, really important to hear that. Absolutely. So thank you on that. And I mean, how did you, for those of those, for those of us who may still be uh, going through uh, bullying um, in our workplace, in our homes, wherever it's happening, how did you 
face it? How did you deal with it? Any tips and you know, insight that you could share with our audience on that? You know, one of the biggest things is to always fall back on your inner strength. Yeah. And one of the other things I've realized that I've done even when I was a teenager was, well, and when I was a teenager and being bullied by a gang of girls, do you know, there was, there's such a big bit of you that just wants to leash, lash out and fight back. Yeah. And I didn't. And the re- biggest reason I didn't was I, as far as fighting back with my fists, was I kept thinking, I wouldn't want someone to do this to me. So if I do it back, I'm sinking to the same level. But there were so many times then where I would have to dig my nails into my hands, not to use my fists and to take the high road. And and I think that that is core all through life. Like if, if when we're in adulthood and we are facing a bully at work, we can't lash out and drop down to their level. We do need to do what we can to eradicate it. We, and we need to try to make sure that through workplace anti-bullying policies, we sort it out and we resolve it. But there are still plenty of toxic workplaces in Australia, unfortunately, especially small workplaces that don't have an HR team, don't have a workplace anti-bullying policy, or if they do, it's only tokenistic. And we also have to, in that sense, use our sixth yeah. sense and do that Kenny Rogers thing. You know, sometimes you got to know when to hold them, know when to fold them, know when to yep. walk away, know when to run. And sometimes <laughs> you do just have yeah. to find yeah. a career in another workplace and start over. Yeah. Um, but you also have to then advocate for others in your workplace when it's happening to someone else too. Don't stand by and watch it happen. Be outspoken for everyone for access to equal treatment. No, fabulous. Because yeah, that, that is that is true. There, there, there are, even if you do find the inner courage to seek help uh, from those that should be able to help and that they don't that can be uh quite frightening and and mm. a, a big challenge to to work um uh, against not having maybe I... the supports around you that that um that should be there but yeah may not be present mm. um gotta say yeah that's why we have unions um <laughs> Yes. <laughs> That's why we have unions. Yay! Um, so sign up to your union for your industrial union and, you know, get the help you need. Um, said on the said on the, uh, the the back end of uh, New South Wales here voting in the uh, Labour Party. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so from bullying to vag- vaginal joy, and uh, feeling not so itchy and sore. Um, please tell us more about that. What happened? How did this come about? How did you find your miracle um, balm, which is actually I've used? Fabulous. I gave a jar to my mum. Fabulous. So just letting you know, everyone, it works. What? God, tell us more. How did you come about this? Well, and the fact that you have given a jar to your mum. That makes my heart just 
absolutely swell and sing <laughs> because my biggest regret with Happy Paws is that my mom and her best friend, who we called yeah. my Aunt Pat, they both struggled with dryness from their 50s onwards. And even in their 80s, they would both still complain when they would talk on the phone about just yeah. the dryness and the discomfort. And now I realize that for their generation, for them to talk about that, that was so powerful. Yeah. But they also found that things like KY jelly, which is what seems to be such a common recommendation within medical circles, it doesn't help at all for dryness. It no. might help a little bit for lubrication, for intimacy, but even for intimacy, it can get gluggy. It doesn't really have any last. Yep. It doesn't really have any glide. No. And then my mom had passed and I started experiencing dryness and I realized that I should have taken her dryness a lot more seriously when there weren't alternatives out there. When my GP recommended KY jelly or counseling, neither one are really suitable for dryness. No. And, and that's that, yeah. that presumption too, even in medical fields that mm. dryness and vulval and vaginal discomfort are only about sexual penetration and they're about so much more and for me yeah. i discovered dryness during flooding events in perimenopause well, yeah. and you yeah. didn't have such you'd have no periods for maybe three months four months six yeah. months and then you yeah. just get a whale of a period right. and yeah. you use so many tampons that you develop dryness yeah um yeah and I just couldn't get anywhere with GPs, with the pharmacist. In the end, the pharmacist was very patronizing, gave me product and hid it under my arm and a little pat on my arm. Um, went back <laughs> to the GP again, had an allergic reaction to a multi-day dissolving vaginal pessary. Oh, oh, oh God. Yeah. And, I can, uh, and then I turn and look at the ingredients and my eyes come out of my head like a cartoon. And I thought, how yeah. is it that we're putting things like that in our most intimate space? without yeah, even looking yeah. at the ingredients. And there was Ugh, nothing yeah. out there across the globe. Even the things yeah. I thought were natural that I ordered from Sweden, from Germany, still had this huge yeah. list of ingredients. So that was the birth of this very simple, effective, lasting, happy pause that's small dose. So no panty liner, nothing oozing out from a no. huge dose of something. No. Just feel your natural, beautiful self. And yeah, that's very empowering. Oh, it's it's hugely empowering, and and I love how you said, yeah, it's not all just about um, uh, intimate partner you know, for sex. It's not the you know, it's just simply. Uh, I know with myself, yeah, I've been noticing the hormonal changes. That yeah, definitely, it's not all the time, but sometimes you kind of just feel, you know, like an autumn, almost like a little drying autumn leaf that's almost beginning to, you know, and. I've just found that your balm just relieves that. It, and I was does. wondering, is it speaking, is it speaking in tandem with our uh with the horm with our hormones? Because is that what's the process? What is it doing? Why does it work? It's it's because it isn't just like putting Vaseline or KY jelly. It's it's not that. It's more than that. Yeah, it's so much more than that. And it and the other thing that I like about it, because everyone's menopausal journey is unique and it's so beneficial, happy pause, whether you're using HRT or whether you wanted something standalone. And the biggest yeah. thing, and, and not just for 
peri and postmenopause, like because if you've gone through cancer treatment or you're doing endurance yep. training, like yep. dryness is this thing that sneaks up on 70% of us. Yeah. And yeah. And then and quite often if it's just a little bit of dryness, we are so busy caring for everyone else that we don't notice that difference in us. And then all of a sudden yes. we moisturize. And we go, oh my God, I feel so good down there. And you don't realize that feeling good down there really it's is a large you're part of it. Yeah. yeah you're, you're allowed to, and you feel oh good every friggin' where. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, it, it, I actually, I've got to say, you just hit it on the head. I didn't realize that fully, like I didn't fully realize how sort of, yeah, drying I was becoming. Uh, until I put it on because I sort of thought that everything was still pretty okay and then I put it on and I went oh shit oh, oh this is good yeah <laughs> and yes yeah I'm on body identical HRT as well because every little bit helps, helps but yeah. um, and through, through the perimenopause menopause journey but um no it is it is fabulous. Thank you so much for bringing it out into the world. Yeah. And there's just still so much, um, well, there's even so much stigma and shame around the menopause conversation, which drives me oh, insane. God. But then there's even more when you start to talk about your vulva and vagina and, and yes. people have such a knee jerk reaction of, of, Oh no, I'm fine down there. And like the statistics actually with the people who have contributed to studies, 70% of us have it, less than 20% of us mm. will acknowledge it. Of that 20%, less than 20% will do anything about it. But the bigger picture there is that we still just feel shame if we think that there's anything about our vulva and vagina that maybe isn't 100%. And yet it's so natural, that progression. So there's nothing wrong with then moisturizing and feeling better. No better. shame. No, none. Absolutely. Um, it also sort of makes me also think in the same in the same vein, uh, uh, the, the the use of testosterone for us going through our hormonal changes, and apparently, at least here in Australia, I'm pretty sure it'd be elsewhere in the world. Uh, in in order to be prescribed testosterone, the eligibility requirement is only in regards to whether you feel like having sex with your male partner, assuming that you're hetero mm. and want sex with a guy. Um, eyes rolling. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I mean, I sort of think like, hang on, that having testosterone uh, for, for us in, is, is incredibly important for our well-being in our brain, in our muscles, in our joints, in our digestion, in absolutely everything. And it goes down with the estrogen and progesterone as well. Uh, and it's not all about men. You know, so <laughs> what they want or don't want. So if, similarly, I feel like we've grown up in a society where uh, for a lot of women, particularly in the, in this straight-focused world, uh, where the only consideration of our vagina is in regards to pleasuring men or the men's pleasure and, and, and or having babies. Yeah. And, 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 and anything mm. for ourselves is like, you know. And I guess that's what I love about this era is we kind of step into our own and we, we go, I don't know. There's just a, well, 
faith. One of Faith Agugu's favorite yes. phrases is um, when we are born, we are introduced to our power. When mm-hmm. we begin to menstruate, we exercise our power. When we enter menopause, we become our power. And I like that we just, we we get so busy sometimes in our 20s, 30s, and 40s trying to establish our life that we're just go, 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 go. And and menopause gives us this amazing sacred vessel just to come back into ourselves and sort of, I don't know, anoint ourselves as a goddess and bloody worship ourselves. Yeah, well, that's the, absolutely. That's where the term crone and why I um, am on a mission to reclaim it. Uh, because crone pre-Christianity, crone is an honorific. It is the title crowning, crowning stage of womanhood. This this period of our life is our powerhouse time. Uh, but we've, you know, uh, then come into a misogynistic, patriarchal, youth-obsessed society where that uh, uh, badger power has been shifted down the uh, age line, down to youth. But the truth of the matter is, this is our power stage absolutely and hence having wonderful women like yourself and faith uh being part of this conversation to help us inside and out uh feel the the strength that we actually have innately to us because yeah there's nothing more uh what can i say distracting I'm sort of, as I was thinking of this, yes, as distracting as uh, an itchy vagina. Exactly. I can and tell you. you just, yeah. And that's one really? of the biggest things for me. When, when someone will say, oh, I'm fine down there, and then maybe the conversation will move on to someone else at a seminar, and we'll be talking, and that other person yeah. will still be there, and I'll be saying, oh, yeah, well, do you ever, you know, fidget at the movies or can't sit still or still. have a bit of irritation when you use a different toilet paper or sometimes you have yeah. maybe have UTIs, yeah. you know, that's all dryness. And the person that said, oh, I'm fine, will go, oh, oh, and join back in the conversation. And yeah, that restlessness can sometimes simply be a symptom of dryness. And all of a sudden yeah. you start moisturizing and you all of a sudden and you concentrate better, you're not wriggling. And you're Magic. not having what you think is UTIs. You are, oh, I mean, that just, that, that absolutely you put the hit the nail on the head with that one because yeah a lot of times you're thinking i'm having more uti infections and so you go take antibiotics which is like uh, for your whole flora and flora and and worse um but it actually it it it, it wasn't probably a uti instead it was a dryness thing irritating that because yeah definitely i have noticed a decrease in UTI-ish kind of symptoms. Yeah, definitely. That I hadn't made that connection until this second you say that. <laughs> it is profound, isn't it? Really? Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I love it. That's why we've got to, I guess, well, we have to have a great relationship with our GP and shop around till we find one we can trust for these yes. women's health conversations. But more yes. than that, just in our own space, you know, we've got to moisturize, moisturize, moisturize because yeah. it is amazing how much better you feel. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can actually uncross those legs and get striding into your mm-hmm. life. Yeah. 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 I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so with that in mind, with the uh, legs uncrossed and striding into life, 
We've talked about you striding with this book. What else are you, and, and, and this, and, the, and I mean, gosh, I mean, what else? It's like, it's not like you're busy enough as it is, but are there other uh, joys that you have strode into in your midlife and beyond that you are excited to share with us? Actually, there is. Um, one of the biggest things, you know, I was blissfully semi-retired. We had had an adventure business on Fraser Island. Our kids had wow. reached the level of where they were grown and yeah. happy. So we passed the baton on on our business and came up to far north Queensland. And yeah. we just had the most amazing decade and a half of the semi-retirement bliss. We were both working part-time and just sharing our expertise with others. And we absolutely loved it. And I never, ever expected to have perimenopause stuff force me yeah. out of semi-retirement. And the other thing I've enjoyed is becoming a menopause advocate and, yeah. you know, talking about having conversations about menopause in the workplace. And one of the worst things for me when I founded and formulated Happy Pause, I realized I was onto something and I've been sharing it with more and more women. We decided we had to take it commercial but when you take something like that commercial, because it's a single range, they call it in pharma speak, okay. um, you still have to work because it's a bit of a slow burn, you know, as you're, as you're getting out there. And in my workplace, I had a very flamboyant workmate who took great delight in using the word most in front of customers, but actually saying moist. <laughs> poke fun at my pussy juice. Oh, oh no. And then he would also love because he called it pussy juice, striding up to my desk right before customers were walking in and dry humping my desk with claws out. And he thought he was hilarious. What's he doing? Um and I'm just going to hopefully be able to find something quite quickly. I wasn't planning yeah. on talking about this. So I just no, want to see if I can do. quickly find a message in my phone because um, I just, I, I kept explaining to him that it was offensive, yes. not just to me, yes. that it was offensive to guests because they didn't understand the inside joke and it was offensive yeah. to other younger staff. And yeah. he just had no time or interest for that because he was no, on his own sort of train wreck <laughs> path or whatever. <laughs> yeah. um, so here I have found it. I um, I was thinking that I needed to do something about that experience hmm. and start sharing that when I'm encouraging people to develop menopause workplace policies. And I was just trying to figure it out in my head. I hadn't taken it out into workshops yet at the time. And out of the blue... I got a message from a former workmate mm -hmm. and she wrote to me, it used to make me cringe when a male colleague at work antagonized a close friend and coworker of mine, taunting her about menopausal issues. He'd make up nicknames for her struggles and label intimate parts as part of his incredibly insensitive jokes. For me, this was such a layered problem. She was my friend and I felt heartbroken and angry. Yet in the work environment, it was so hard for me because I just wanted to be invisible. I struggled to speak up for her, which then caused my personal feelings of guilt and self-shame to become even bigger. As a woman, I felt weak and embarrassed and unable to speak my mind or share my feelings. 
I felt like I had no voice. Fear of judgment kept me quiet as I preferred to maintain the peace, which really was maintaining an environment where bullies thrive. Every layer disempowered what it meant for me to be a woman. What we should be embracing as a natural chapter in our aging gracefully becomes a chapter that is dreaded and shamed. And I realized in that moment, this is how that happens. To my friend today, I am so sorry. To myself, I will never sit silent again in work or in life. And I just cried when she sent that yeah. out of the blue. Yeah. Because yeah. I was trying to figure out what to do. And all I had been thinking about at the time was how offensive it was to aging women. And yeah, and she brought home to me, it's not offensive to aging women. It is just offensive in all capital letters. And that's yeah. the way that I always say, it's not just women, not, it's, it's not just people, sorry. It's not just people going mm. through menopause who are impacted. It is everybody in a workplace and when we can embrace it and celebrate you know that that crowning that evolving absolutely. into the crown a workplace thrives oh absolutely um and so from a from now a practical standpoint if we are in workplaces which i'm sure most of us are uh that have that kind of crap going on um how do we address it and particularly if the work as you're saying before we said earlier the workplace does may or may not have uh policies in place or policies they take seriously or whatever how do women people but but women in particular because to be quite quite honest in a in our current um misogynistic patriarchal capitalist system uh it, it, it's women's uh income it's women's uh work that is most at threat when they stand up for themselves so how do we go about and how, how did and what first of all how did you deal with him in the end what what happened and how can we do similarly for ourselves and our friends and yeah, not well threaten ourselves that that experience was a weird anomaly because it was mm. a vacuum of toxicity yeah. and it was a vacuum because it was so remote where there was no support from upper management or ownership. Mm. Um, in the end, that person was made to feel unwanted on a number of platforms and exited. Okay. Um, but did plenty of destruction on the way, I suppose. Yeah. And so that's not a great example because in an ideal world, you're going to have like, I think when we get remote, sometimes all the rules, all the workplace rules, all the HR rules just fall aside. And I've seen that again and again in remote areas. So if you have the luxury of, of taking on a management position somewhere remote, put policies in place, even if you're only on a yeah. six or nine month contract, put policies in place. So it's better in your wake. Um, but traditionally in a workplace, you're going to have access where you can, it has to be so much more than just making notes of incidents in your diary. It has to be actual proactive action at the top that then doesn't just address that one issue, but trickles down, ensuring that it never happens again. And there are so many 
policies and proactive managers now where things like this can be nipped in the bud and can be stopped. And if you end up in one of those really sucky, toxic places where it's not going to stop or you do have sort of that patriarchal perspective, which can come from female managers as well. Oh, no, yeah, don't get me wrong. You, it does. You know, where yeah. nothing is yeah. going to be done. Yeah. Then you you do sometimes have to just plan your exit and make sure yeah. that you're a leader in the next place if there is no way for your leadership to shine to make it better where you are. Yeah, yeah. And, and is that would that be the same advice for someone who maybe isn't in a managerial position but an imp- uh, a subordinate employee position how do they address such things yes if you are in a position where you are enjoying what you do and yeah. you are not in management i just hope beyond hope that you have a manager or another manager in that manager line that will listen and give yeah. you space and give your experience value yeah and Take action on it. And if for some reason it is one of those horrible workplaces where that doesn't happen or you go above and it still doesn't happen, it has nothing to do with you, your worth, or your value. You never deserve to be treated like that. And you should never expect that it is okay to be treated like that. And when it isn't, well, actually, one of the things I write Mm. in my chapter, Mm. which is going back even to to teenage years. And it was just a horrific experience when I was bullied as a teen because um, it was a middle school where the principal was getting ready to retire. And the coaches were previous high school coaches Mm -hmm. who were sent to coach junior high girls because their coaching time was deemed expired. So it was, you know, just this horrible environment of, male coaches stuck coaching girls and a principal that was thrown into a middle school and didn't really want to be there. So it was a horrible environment where I was. And in the end, none of the teachers were willing to take action on my bullying because they didn't want to be reprimanded by a toxic principal for speaking out, especially speaking out for a girl. Um, So in the end I had, well, actually I'll read an entire little yes, section. Please. It'll just take a couple of minutes. Please, please, please. please. <laughs> um, so the American school year starts in August and runs through till May. Paulette and her followers left the gang shortly before Christmas. It was e- easier navigating three bullies rather than an entire gang, but it was still awful. After Christmas, some classmates became more empathetic and understanding, yet no one was willing to stand up or challenge gang leader Justine. Valentine's Day was more violent than usual. After school, I rode my bike to the district office of the superintendent of schools and demanded to show the superintendent my fresh bruises and bloodied legs. His secretary, Mrs. Meckwith, was mortified, but the superintendent's only action was to call my dad to complain about his outspoken daughter causing a fuss, which apparently the middle school didn't really need during the principal's retirement year. It's no surprise that here I am 40 years later, still as outspoken as ever. Thank goodness for that secretary. No one invisible power positions took action, but Mrs. Meckwith used her power. And I guess that was part of why I wanted to read this because we may not be in a management position, but we always have power. Um, So the high school hired a new head football coach that year who had a reputation as a hard ass. 
I was only a kid, so I still to this day don't know how she managed the switcheroonie, but in the final quarter of the school year, Mrs. Meckwith persuaded Coach Rellarek to swap timetables with a middle school teacher. Boom. Coach Rellarek stood in the middle of the stairwell on his first day, busted the bully and her sidekicks, and enforced grueling detentions until they yielded. It didn't even take a fortnight. The last few weeks of seventh grade became a normal school experience for me. I remember other teachers later telling my mother how proud they were of Coach Rellarek, but come on, if he eradicated the behavior in less than a fortnight, what a pity no other teachers were willing to step up to the plate in the eight months prior. To this day, I swear Mrs. Meckwith was my guardian angel. When faced with a similar moral dilemma, be Mrs. Meckwith. Use your power. Be that angel. Be that coach. Be the outspoken one. And be the person of action who makes a difference in someone else's life. Bullies only have the power to continue when bystanders and those in positions of authority do nothing. Yeah, love that. So just keep on looking and looking, and yeah. finding, you know, a coach or a manager, you know, someone in that structure that will take action and no, do I right. Love that. I love that. And 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 I'll say from your same story, the other uh, there's a there's another uh, section of your story where you're in the bathroom helping one of your uh, student uh, friends. Um, and uh, one of the one of the subordinate bullies comes in, and she's about to lay into you. And you speak about just saying, "Come on, really?" kind of thing. And that she's she's found within herself uh, some conscience and proceeded yeah. to help. And that was just like, and I and, I, and I'd love for you to share with the audience your observation on of what you perceived happened internally for her. Cause I just, I love the way you spoke about that for her yeah. to shift. Well, I'm a little bit jaded, I suppose, in life. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In the sense that I do think that there are people who are mean spirited at their core or who are evil, who will not change. They are like a leopard. They won't change their spots. However, not everyone that strikes out or lashes out or behaves in a mean or violent way is mm. inherently um, unredeemable. And okay. I guess in, in that moment, that is one of those proofs of goodness of the human spirit, because when that person ended up in a position that she knew was so, so wrong, and she saw the fear in the students with disability who were much more yes. vulnerable than her. Yeah. She chose in that moment to stop and to change and to no longer be victim to, I guess, the bigger bully. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. This is why it's so important in our, in, in whatever level of society, why it's so important to remove uh, from power bullies because exactly. more often than not, the underlings, um, they themselves scared. They, you know, a lot of us are. I mean, it would be lovely mm -hmm. to think that we're always 24-7 uh, courageous and sticking by our internal compass of morality and goodness, but we sometimes we don't. Sometimes we are not as strong uh, in our behavior or our convictions as we'd um, hope we are and find ourselves 
like she probably was in her childhood. Uh, yeah, definitely following the crappy leader. Yeah, and that's and I see so many um, school fights and things now that end up being leaked on social media. There was even one in Townsville yeah. that was leaked today, and if that main bully is removed, not all of those other bystander bullies will continue to have that behavior. And yeah, a lot of a lot of them will actually be open to the lesson of becoming better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So hence, it's really important for us to reflect on that. We may not be able to control other people, but it's important for us to reflect on our own uh, thinking and decisions in our lives as well and check and see are there times in our lives where we may not be uh, standing up to our inner convictions as well as we could it's and like you were saying in the workplace if you see something uh if it's not directly aimed at you but aimed at someone else to do your best to respond and help in some way whatever that looks like gosh yeah yeah and and that's true so anyone that's actually got the book the power to rise above or are going to get it um if you have found yourself in a position where you've maybe committed bullying acts and you have regret yes. or you wish you maybe would have done things differently somewhere along the way, one of the other chapters yes. that's really worth reading is the chapter by Elizabeth Grace. Yes. And she writes about her moment as a bully um, where she stopped and she stopped a swing midair mm-hmm. And she has dedicated her life to empowering others and providing other avenues ever since then. And that's pretty cool from a teenager to now well into womanhood. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, before we wrap this incredibly wonderful conversation up, any, any, any extra little bits, tidbits of insight um, about anything that comes to mind that you want to share? or tell us about things that are coming up or anything please well the biggest thing that is coming up so for anyone listening you can of course order happy pause from our website so happy pause is the play on menopause so it's h-a-p-p-y-p-a-u-s-e.com.au but more important than that right now with happy pause we're expanding our our footprint across australia so if you have a favorite pharmacy, chemist, or health food store where you'd like to see it, um, just reach out and let me know. And that's our goal in the next six months is to be in all metropolitan areas and more and more regional and remote areas all across Australia. So be a part of helping break that stigma by letting me know where you'd like to see it. And more than that, I suppose, sometimes one of the worst symptoms with perimenopause even though dryness was my thing I resolved sometimes it can be that self-doubt or the anxiety or the your self-confidence suddenly falling off a cliff sometimes you can think that you maybe you're getting Alzheimer's because you're struggling with brain fog and (laughs) I guess the biggest thing for anyone struggling in peri is that we all have a unique journey different treatments work for each of us you'll find what works for you Don't be pressured into a supplement routine or a, or an expensive course. Listen to your own inner compass. 
find what works for you, do it. And just know that even if you have those moments of self-doubt and all that, the sunshine is returning and the joy is returning. And you're going to find when you hit that menopause mark of 12 months with no period, it's just like fireworks and, you know, the most picture perfect day you can ever imagine the, the rest of your life. It just is a whole new dimension. So don't despair. It's coming. It's coming. Oh God, that's good to hear. Cause yeah, I'm definitely seeing mine uh, extending like instead of every 30 or 32 days, it's like every 55 days kind of thing. Yeah. And so when you don't, so then ahead of the game then, when, so when you don't get, that's it, 12 months, you haven't got your, your, you haven't had a period for 12 months. So all that whole pre-menstrual hormonal bloating, that all that disappears too. Yes. 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 Because I'm um, thinking, God, hang on, I don't want to be pre-menstrual feeling and then you don't have a flow so it doesn't go away. <laughs> It'd be horrible. No. <laughs> no, well, and. You know, the worst bit for me towards the end of perimenopause, I didn't realize how much of an overachiever I was. I'd uh-huh. I'd gone like yes. six months without a period and I had this wallop of a period come. Wow. And then okay. I went maybe nine months. And that last period that happened nine months after, you know, I thought I was nearly there. I thought I was at the 12 month mark and I was running the race and I'm there, I'm there, I'm there. And, and I then... felt like the biggest failure. And it was such a heavy, wow. sudden yeah. period that if we hadn't been surrounded by family and doing a big family event, I think I would have been in that shopping mall where I went to buy tampons, just sitting in the toilet sobbing because I felt like such a failure. I was like, how can this happen again? How do I have to start over Over. counting back at one? And, and the thing is that you will get there. So don't ever lose hope when when you're struggling mm-hmm. with all those intermittent periods and trying to get to that mark where you transition from peri to postmenopause. yeah yeah wow when we're not failures our bodies are not clapping out on us or causing us problems wow do you mind me asking how long from that nine month mark how how lo- did it was that it was that nine month mark, and then it did just go 12 months or did you continue no, that turned out to be, well, I guess that wasn't actually the last egg. I had it. So okay. I had a huge period after nine months of no periods. And then I yeah. had another one like three weeks later. And okay. then that was the final egg. Thank goodness. Okay. Um, but it, but, and yes. it is something that like anyone that's in Perry, it's very natural then to, I guess, maybe, you know, worry or, or, you know, stress or have a little bit of anxiety it was another one coming but it's it's natural and yeah okay <laughs> yeah yeah no no and you'll yeah, be okay with me now it's okay yeah no no it, it it is kind of like yeah is it happening is it not ha- ah whatever but uh yeah no exciting I'm I'm looking forward to it too but thank you for that reminder that it's not a failure at this point on every time we do get a little a period till <clears throat> the final one yeah important because a bit of an overachiever as well and you kind of uh you know want to tick that one off as done <laughs> yeah yeah you oh don't realize how much of a ticker you are until oh, like yeah. biology doesn't give you a choice 
Oh, gosh, well, thank you so much, Sandy, for joining me today. And I've just had so much fun chatting with you. And I'm, I've been loving watching both your success in Happy Paws, but also loving, not but and, but and the mm -hmm. absolute success of this wonderful book, The Power to Rise Above, which is gotten on Amazon, you get your and book in bookstores and all the rest of it. It's yes, easily Amazon, gotten anywhere. Amazon bookstores, if you'd like a signed copy, go to the power to rise We'll sign it off for you. Yes. Yep. And Very and special. For those of you that are listening and didn't see the video, one of the things oh, I wrote. The video is, will be coming on YouTube, so yes. they will see me holding up a beautiful signed personal copy. Oh. Yeah, I and I write with Pia that I admire your strength. And I, Pia, I just have to say I am so grateful for these candid, powerful feminist conversations that you are having with so many of us. And I know that all the listeners are the same of just waiting for the next one to drop and Thank you for just being a passionate, fierce advocate for all of us to embrace this crone life with joy and verve and vigor. Thank you. Thank you so much. I, I Yeah, look, honestly, uh, this all trick for me, this is all coming from internalized ageism. So I'm now, I'll be 51 this year, and I did not realize how much I had internalized ageism. Uh, until I was 39 and stepping into 40 and stepped into abusive marriage number two instead of um, enjoying my single life and enjoying myself and still wrapped up in that whole you're nothing if you're not with a partner and all this sort of crap and ah so uh, girls who don't have to do that just here letting you know enjoy your 40 <laughs> enjoy your 40s focusing on yourself and and don't yeah, that, that's my kind of message out there these days. But um, yeah. Oh, do you know, on, you. on that note, I think I might have to have one more little vignette. <laughs> oh, yes, please have a vignette. Yes, because when I was turning 50, um, yeah. so I had lost my brother to adult suicide the night before oh, his 40th that's... birthday. And Sorry. Oh. Thank you. Um. And it's one of those heartbreaking things, and especially for for parents. Like once you're when your child precedes you, it just it stays with you. Even even when you many years later, you maybe aren't grieving constantly, but but that loss of that child is still with you. And for my mum, she came and lived with us here in Australia. I was originally born in Kansas. I've lived in Australia almost all of my adult life. We brought her out here to Australia to be with us for the last 15 years of her life, which was the most amazing gift and silver lining of losing my brother. And now that she is gone, we look back and realize again and again and again, what an amazing gift that was having her with us. But she died halfway through my 48th year. And the thing that, so we'd had a long era of her looking forward to turning 80, then she'd turned 80 and she needed something else to look forward to. And it was my 50th. So even though I was only 48, there was still so much talk about my 50th and all this big palabra that she wanted to celebrate her daughter turning 50. So when she died as a family, because we'd had her living with us, it was almost as profound as losing a partner. And we were all just lost. And, um, we didn't know what to do. And 
my, as my 49th came around, we thought, you know, grandma would have wanted us to celebrate. Grandma would have wanted us to have joy and not be wallowing in all of this sorrow. So we have to find a way to have joy as well as the grief. And we decided that for my 50th, two weeks after I turned 49, we spent the next 50 weeks celebrating and counting down to my 50th. So in the lead up to my 50th, we had 50 bottles of champagne in 50 weeks with 50 different people who had made a positive impact on my life. It I was love so amazing. That, how mindful and fabulous that is. Oh, I love it. Oh. So anyone dreading the big 5-0, start Please planning start. and celebrate for the 50 weeks. Start planning early on so you're ready two yep. weeks after your 49th. Do 50 planting trees or 50 jogs or 50 walks or 50 coffees. It doesn't have to be grog. Yep. I'm I'm a champagne Not, slut, so I was happy doing champagne. But <laughs> Yeah, but it can be a Clayton champagne. It does not, yep, or whatever. Absolutely, yep. just anything that brings joy. And yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to my, I need to redo my 50. <laughs> I mean, though I was totally celebrating going up towards it, um, but maybe not as mindfully as yourself. But uh, definitely, I've got to say, 50, yeah, 50, 50 was brilliant. Yeah, definitely, because at least for me personally, I had worked on um, getting out of the situation that I wandered myself into uh, entering 40 and then getting out of by 46 and then having worked out how to, um, you know, forgive myself for walking into it in the first place and starting what we're, we're doing now. So, um, yeah, definitely 50, 50 is awesome. The half the half century mark so uh celebrated everyone it's fabulous yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much dandy for being part of chrome joy chat season one i think we'll probably be getting you on again for season two when it comes out um and just love you love you a lot admire everything you're doing so Everybody, grab the book for those watching who are not who are listening to this on podcast. I'm waving a book at the camera for those of you on YouTube. You will see the book. The book is The Power to Rise Above, full of stories of trials and triumphs and everything in between. And then go wander down uh, and to Happy Paws and grab your intimate vaginal moisturizing cream and in fact i also where is it gone oh i know um i'm also holding up for my uh to to my uh oh yeah i love this i'm uh, we're meant to be wrapping up but i'm now holding what <laughs> i absolutely love and i meant to say a, earlier is the happy hit it is a yes. wonderful um oil in a roller that is just oh i can tell you um and except i would tell you what's on the written on the bottle but i have not wearing my glasses <laughs> no, i can't tell you um what is in this and i and i love it this is this so ha it is so happy making i've been using this and it's just like happy smelling happy everything um what's in it where did this come from why did you yeah you know, i i absolutely love the happy hit and it evolved from one of my Happy Paws customers having an allergy to lavender oil. 
And she had reached out to a company that was, pardon me, a company that was making an aromatherapy roller and said, would you do one without lavender? And she got back a fairly curt response. (laughs) Oh, wow. (laughs) I know. And so, and we were just talking about it. And I said, well, hang on. Um, Just let me have a play and you might get something in the mail. And I went straight to it and started tinkering around and just found a perfect mix. It's really earthy, which you would have noticed. Um, It's really earthy, but then it's got these under sense of ylang ylang, which I love ylang ylang because all it does for calming, but also like it because it was the base scent for Chanel number four and, you know, so many groovy things. You're giving away trade uh, secrets now. Yeah. Ah. Um, but it's also got a lot of fennel. And I think that fennel is probably one of the secret things because yep. it does this amazing job of just clearing the chatter. Like, you know, sometimes in mm. in perimenopause, we get so much chatter in our brain on top of the brain fog. And it just kind of yep. helps us center and come back and be able to go back to concentrating. And so it was... Yep formulated it for one of my customers for helping her in the afternoons when she would lose her ability to concentrate at work. Yep. Um, but then I started getting people saying, you know, I got up for a wee and I couldn't go back to sleep. And I just put some on my temples and yep. the filtrum and back to sleep so again. I yep. think it's probably that thing of helping still your mind and get away, get away from all the chatter helps us no, it, it's as well as helps us focus and work. It is no, no. It is brilliant. And, and and talking brain fog and brain perimenopause. I'm I'm late late diagnosed ADHD. So um, which yeah, we're now finding uh, a lot of women going through perimenopause and menopause um, uh, are finding themselves with maybe previous coping strategies suddenly not working and going, what the hell's going on? This is a little bit more than just I don't know. Um, and that it has been very, this, yeah, has been mm-hmm. fabulous. And you're right on the, the lavender. Sometimes I, yeah, sometimes lavender can give me a real headache. So, mm-hmm. you know, not necessarily saying I'm allergic to it, but there's a point at which lavender, you've just, you've had enough yeah. lavender. And this is, mm-hmm. so I definitely wanted to make sure that this came out and mm-hmm. told everyone about it. So get your and- happy hit. Mm-hmm. And uh, and your 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 happy paws and your top and bottom Mm. dealt with. (laughs) And I'd forgotten that you had um, had late diagnosis ADHD because I actually have a very close friend who I I do a clean skin brown bottle for her partner, and he was late diagnosed ADHD, and he now has two bottles, one beside his computer and one beside his bedside. And I have a number of customers that say, oh my gosh, my husband loved this. Yep. Um, and when they send me that feedback, I say, well, your next order, just put um, hubby in address line two for your second bottle, then I'll remember. And I, yep. I do a yep. different bottle that doesn't say menopause. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that and they should be sporting it as well. Why not? Yes. <laughs> uh, if they're allies, then menopause affects them too. Yes, um, absolutely. <laughs> but, oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, um, Late diagnosed ADHD and um, uh, self-acknowledged autism. It's amazing when you hit 50 and you look back at your life through an autism lens and you go, shit, okay, that's what that was. You mean, uh, <laughs> you mean that's the autism and not just me being special? Um, 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, no, definitely uh, an interesting journey to say the least. So you want everything that helps. This yes. Helps. Well, on that note of helping and happy and all the rest of it, thank you, beautiful Sandy, for joining us today. Listeners, tune in in the next few weeks. You will be enjoying Sandy and and myself chatting about everything from vaginas to AGHD and bullying in between. Thank you, Sandy. Goodbye. Enjoy the rest of your day, week, and year. You too. Thanks, everyone, for listening.